Thank you for joining us for Three Bs on the Law podcast, hosted by Trisha Barita, Camille Canali, and Susan Dawson. Disclaimer, this podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Also remember, laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So this is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you. Welcome back to Three Bees on the Law. I'm Camille, the California Bee. I'm Susan, the Illinois Wisconsin Bee. And I'm Trisha, the Texas Bee. And today we're going to talk about something that often makes people a little squirmy, and that's post-nuptial agreements. A lot of people don't like to talk about uh, divorce or what's going to happen, but this is particularly important uh, if you're going to be in a business because, again, it's part of the breakup planning and what happens, you know, God forbid you and your spouse get divorced or your partners uh, and his spouse get divorced. It allows the business to continue on. I'll tell you, this is an area of law I do not practice in, but these are things that you should consider and you should really, at least in California, consult a family attorney. Trisha, I know you were saying Texas has some pretty specific laws as well. Yep, that's true. We, uh, the Texas Family Code um, is very specific about how a lot of this stuff is handled. And in some of the major cities in Texas, actually, uh, like San Antonio, Dallas, Houston, you know, we have our own family law courts uh, and that's all they do. It's all about um, specifically dealing with the family law code. And they have a lot of power um, in how they handle things. And these business arrangements can be tricky because uh, you may think you've dealt with it in some other document, um, but really sometimes it comes down to what these family law codes say. So we're a community property state. I'm not a family law attorney, but I'm familiar with the the pre and the post-nuptial agreements because they're so, um, they're so a big piece of having um, guidance, giving guidance and consulting in the business law area and helping business owners understand what actually happens. Because really one of the things that you have to kind of figure out if you're really cr- trying to create a good agreement an understanding of what happens with your business. Um, you need to know what happens upon death and what happens upon divorce. And those are two very different things. Um, upon death, you can lean into potentially getting life insurance and having um, that provide for this sort of like um, space where the business will still survive. Divorce can be um, just a totally different thing. And if you've already been married and already, um, you know, for a period of time and never had a prenuptial agreement, um, you may be exploring postnuptial agreement at the time of the creation of the business. And for Texas, it's pretty specific as to how they they want those agreements to be enforceable. I mean, it has to be voluntary. There has to be certain disclosures about what the property value is. And if you don't do that right, there's kind of a question of fact that the spouse can come back later and challenge it. And frankly, that just means more headache for everybody on top of the divorce. I mean, what do you think, Susan? Right. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. I mean, you I think that a lot of business owners are surprised to find out that um that they that the document they they have, the operating agreement or shareholder agreement that they put together with their partner, um doesn't hold up in family law court, right? Because they usually say Oh, hey! In the event someone gets divorced, um, this is what we do, right? I'll I'll buy, you know, my 
my partner, my business partner, you know, Jane, I, I, I'll buy out, uh, gets divorced, I'll buy out um, her shares before they go to the spouse, right? That's usually what the documents say. And we might, they might even have the spouse signing, acknowledging that on the document. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm surprised by not only how many business owners think that that holds up, but how many business attorneys think that that holds up, right? But it doesn't. It Family law court is its own animal. I do not, just like uh, Camille, I do not practice in family law court. I don't even try to play one on TV or on podcasts, right? So um, I'm not, you know, I, I, I know that it's a very specific area of law. It's very state specific. Um, and you have to do it right. And so you need to talk to, if you want to protect in the situation. And I agree with you, Camille, that it's definitely something that, that business partners should be talking about with each other. Um, you need to go talk to a family law attorney and find out what your options are and what, what can you do to, um, it's not protecting you. It's protecting your partner in the event that you were to get, get divorced. So don't think that you can count on that that spousal consent or spousal acknowledgement on your shareholder agreement. Um, there's there's likely, depending on the state, but there's likely more you need to do. Yeah, it's um, it's complicated. And when you're forming these partnership agreements, there really is. You need a business lawyer. And if you're married or considering married or think somebody might get married, um, you really should consult a family attorney to make sure that you have an agreement that's going to hold up in family court. That's really a, uh, the short and long of it. The short and long of it. Camilla, I like that. I'm short and sweet today. Yeah, I think I, I like I will just say in Texas, there's this this like specificness about making sure these like these there's just a lot of scrutiny around whether or not the person voluntarily entered into it and whether or not they really understood it. And so it can get dicey. Um, and that's why I kind of think Camille's saying it is a little, it's like a little ooh, squirmy kind of conversation because we're talking about you going to your current spouse and asking, hey, this is the value of this business. You know what I mean? Which you better have the true value. Um, and are you okay with waiving all your rights to it? And, um, and you know, you can't in any way be fraudulent in that representation to them. You can't. And you, so there's a lot of um, scrutiny, I think, at least on, in our state about making those agreements. I don't think they're particularly favored by the courts here. They don't like the idea of, they feel like, you know, um, if they're not so blatantly clear and, and transparent that there's some sort of trickery and that's why they give the defenses like a fraud and duress and undue influence and potential misrepresentation here. So it is, it is something you kind of have to think about. Can you have that conversation? Do you have that relationship with the person that you're married to? Is this the right solution for this? Um, how are you going to figure out your way into that conversation in a way that you can make sure that you're meeting like whatever the standards are in the state that you're in here. And if you have an international spouse, well, just forget it. You're going to need to get an international lawyer to come weigh in on that because the <laughs> marital laws outside the U S are all kinds of uh, interesting as well. And I've been involved with a couple of those. So I actually, you know, the, the hope all, always is that you have a good and open relationship with your spouse that you can talk about these things. They're not always comfortable but the hope is that you have the relationship with your spouse uh, where you can discuss these things, just like you need to have that open relationship with your business partner. Things aren't going to work. Or they may say no. They may say no. That's <laughs> just be aware of that. 
Right. And then you may need a plan B on how you're going to handle that. So. Um. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. This is an, a super interesting conversation always when you're talking about these squirmy uh, issues. But thank you for joining us on three B's on the law. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast of three B's on the law. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast. We also welcome any comments. If you'd like to get in touch with us or suggest a future topic, you can email us at 3-T-H-R-E-E-B's on the law at gmail.com. And because we're lawyers, we need to remind you that this podcast is not meant to provide you with legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Thank you again for joining us and have a great day.